Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Match Reaction Series. Uh, joining you the day after uh, on our Arsenal Agenda Day on Monday, 10am, mo- weekdays, Monday to Friday. Uh, I'm joined by Charlie after Arsenal's 3-1 win over Manchester United. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I mean, yesterday, yeah, it's... Uh... It was amazing to be able to come away with a victory, and uh, especially in the fashion that we did, it was it was almost like we'd lost, and then we hadn't, and then we got in the in the dying moments of the game, and then it just kind of cemented it with Gabriel Jesus. I could, yeah, it's I'm still I'm still buzzing over it. I'm still really happy about it all. I mean, we'll get into kind of like the the little details about it and stuff like that, but yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a good Monday. Yeah, very good Monday indeed. Bragging rights firmly in our courts. Uh, could have been very different, uh, of course. Uh, the game was a very interesting one. Played out exactly the way that I expected it to with Man United playing on the counter. Arsenal dominating the majority of uh, possession and chances. And I felt, you know, deservedly in the end coming away as as winners. <laughs> There's lots to talk about in regards to decisions and VAR and Ten Hag's tears uh, as well, but uh, certainly it was overall a performance. I think that you know, I think people have some issues with some aspects of, and you know, it wasn't exactly like perfect by any any stretch of the imagination. I think there are reasons behind that, but overall, I think Arsenal deserved to win the game. Yeah, I, I mean, we I was saying to Umar yesterday, and we we were both saying it was like it was a very weird game. It was almost like we weren't completely up to it I don't know what it was it was like we would let them kind of have the ball at points we'd sit back every so often to cut uh, maybe that's to kind of get catch our breath maybe that's to just get a feel of what they're playing like what their style's like and there were points where we thought uh, we should have pressed we should have we should have put pressure on their defenders and and their back line. But I guess that's what the whole point of the sitting back was that I actually saw quite often they would try go for the long balls more often so that not it wouldn't actually come off because Arsenal did defend it very well. We definitely were on top of the game in terms of creating the chances and and stuff like that. But the in terms of the dangerous chances, I I, I would have thought that for actually a decent part of the game, Man U probably had the more dangerous chances. It was almost like with Arsenal. We, we were getting the shots off, but they weren't clear-cut chances. 
and and that was that was kind of what the problem was i think in uh, and we weren't kind of getting in those positions where there were those clear cut chances I, I said yesterday i mean saka had it saka did have a chance towards the end of the game but uh, he obviously didn't get that completely right it was straight at anana anywhere else that that he's that he's actually putting that is probably going to be in the back of the net and mm. to be fair out of nearly everyone on the pitch you'd want saka to be on the end of that ball um in the middle of the box, but obviously it wasn't meant to be. But we don't really need to talk about that because of the the end result. I was saying yesterday as well that um, the the penalty decision as well. Uh, luckily, the fact that we won, we weren't talking about it too much. We weren't having a go at VAR. We weren't having a go at Anthony Taylor because of the result at the end. It was almost like a who cares moment because of the the, the result at the end. But even so, I, I do think that I still do think that that was a penalty. I'm sticking by my guns. I think that was a wrong decision with Anthony Taylor. I do. I genuinely do. The fact that there were two points of contact in that in that kind of run through Wambasaka and Casemiro into the box for Havertz. I, I, yeah, it's it's still but it still baffles me. But yeah, it's still a who cares moment. It, it doesn't matter. The only kind of the only thing that would have come out of it was like was oh Havertz, well done. You you got us a penalty kind of moment because Arsenal play, Arsenal fans and I'm me myself to be fair are still kind of doubting him a little bit. I. I'm still kind of trying to back him, but I'm not fully, fully kind of convinced just yet. I am still that he he is producing every so often something good for Arsenal, but still I'm not completely and entirely convinced. But Arteta does see something in him. He does see he had a bad he, game. He like him. you know, yeah. it, we can say that he had a bad game. Like yeah, it's, yeah. I, I I think that. There is a concern on my end that there's kind of this spectrum about Havertz that is one end of the spectrum is you got to give him time and anything critical about the man is unacceptable. The other end of the spectrum is some horrific abuse and horrible comments being left in social media in the YouTube comment sections, you know, DM to people, tweeted at people. That's the two ends of the spectrum. I lie to the right-hand side of that line and closer towards the right, the, the first category. But I'm not in the category of we can't be critical of those performances because yeah. against Fulham and against Man United, Havertz wasn't good. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the situation. Against Crystal Palace, he was good. Against Nottingham Forest, he was okay. Um, but he was effectively a bit of a passenger for me yesterday. Um, and... You know, I would have given it a, a, probably a solid four out of ten. You know, in terms of a performance, it wasn't good, um, and that's you know, I, I rarely go below fives in terms of rating players. But you know, it wasn't a, a good performance at all. He was at fault for the goal. Um, yeah, he was penalty. It's a good movement, in my opinion. It's not a penalty. That said, I did watch back Rashford's penalty against Nottingham Forest that was given, and I'm thinking, well, if you're going to give that. You know, yeah. if you're giving that type, that and that's the problem is that we've got no consistency yes. in the officiating decisions. You know, I have no issue with it not being a penalty because personally, if that was the other way round, and one of you know our defenders did that to an opposition player, I would be going mad if that was given. You know, I'd be thinking that's such a soft penalty. 
uh, and I'd hope the VAR would overturn it if the referee gave it. So I do disagree with you slightly, but I do agree that you know it, it's all that the time needs to be still be given to Havertz. We're five games into four, four, four games yeah. into a, a new season, um, and yeah, look, I think that uh, ultimately Havertz will come good. What did you um, what did you make of the Hoyland uh, penalty call? Because if you think that. I feel like if you think that Havertz is pen- is a penalty, I'd be interested <laughs> if you don't think that Hoyland's is a penalty. <laughs> well, maybe there's a bit of bias going on there, maybe. But the, look, with with Hoyland's, I think it was a thing of they were both giving it to each other, and it just so happened that it was in Arsenal's box, so it was there was a call for a man new penalty, and I think mm. that the fact that they were giving it both to each other. Hoyland was having a go at Gabriel. Gabriel was having a go at Hoyland. It it's a 50-50 kind of call there, whether you whether you well, I say 50-50, I would have said that you could give it a, an Arsenal foul, you could give it a manual penalty, or you could just carry on. And I think the right decision was to carry on because of the fact that maybe it could have gone either way. I didn't I haven't actually had a proper kind of like look at it. I have only seen it live. I've only seen what it was like. I didn't I haven't seen a replay yeah. of it. So, I mean, my first glance was that was what I just said, the fact that they were giving it to each other. And yeah, I think it is that. that that's yeah. what happened, really. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mm, yeah, I think it's two players going shoulder to shoulder. Hoyland uh, actually overhits uh, his touch to Ben Wyatt, which takes away control of the ball. Not saying that you can't be fouled off the ball. You can. Yeah. But I think if... I think there are certain circumstances where that is taken into account. I think that was. Um, it's, it's a contact sport. He's not gone into the back of him. He's not pushing him from behind. It's shoulder to shoulder. They're being physical with each other. They're grabbing one another. You know, it's 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 not a penalty. Um, and to think that it was. I think Eric Ten Hag had an absolute nightmare in his post-match press conference. Absolute nightmare. Um, and... Frankly, I found it a bit embarrassing that he was so dismissive of the calls. If it was me and I was the Man United manager that moment, I would say along the lines of, you know, we were really unlucky. You know, I'd say I don't think there's anything wrong to say we were unlucky um, with the with the offside because it is offside, but it's really close and it was a fantastic move. But sadly, we didn't time it to perfection. Gabriel, I think, deserves credit for his defending in that moment to, to kind of arc his body back to play him offside. Um, and they had a couple of other chances. I think Martial and then Rashford's shot was blocked. You know, they could have done better from that opportunity to try and score. Um, beyond that, they didn't create, you know, 
loads of clear-cut opportunities in that game. Arsenal certainly did. You know, I think people have all forgotten the Saka chance because we won, but Saka was played in one-on-one and hit a shot straight at Anana, should be finishing that, should be scoring, and we wouldn't even be having a conversation about a dramatic late win. I'd rather it wasn't sometimes because yeah. it wouldn't have this amount of talk, but we created that chance. Obviously, Odegaard's goal, Rice's goal, Jesus's goal. Um, I think there's another one. Don't forget about Rice's header in the first half in the corner. Mm. I think he should do better with. Um, and uh, I think there was a chance that Saka, uh, I think it was Saka or Odegaard had saved by Anana in the first half as well, curling effort that was then pushed around for another corner. And I think we had something like 12 corners in the game. Yeah. Like it was just corner after corner after corner for us. And, you know, there was only team that was really deserving of that win, and, and it was Arsenal. Um, of course, the game's in, in, uh, lineup was affected by injury. Thomas Partey uh, suffering a groin problem in training. The Ghanaian FA have confirmed that he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Arteta then said in his post-match press conference that it'll be a few weeks. I'm worried that it's worse than that because there's so much kind of contradiction in what's being said about that injury. But that meant that we obviously played Ben White right back. Gabriel came into the team. Zinchenko went left back. We played with Havertz, uh, Rice and Odegaard in the middle. And despite people being desperate for that formation to return and that structure to return, I didn't see a great difference to the dominance that we've shown with Partey at right back. I think we played relatively similar. Some people feel that we defended slightly differently, but I'd, I'd argue there were times where Ben White didn't have the best of games yesterday. I think he was probably the weakest of our four defenders and he had a nightmare against Rashford at points. Did good, good things as well, but I thought yep. it was just a weaker side of his performances. So I don't think we saw that much too different, to be honest. To be fair, I actually agree with you. I mean, I to be fair, I was one of those people that was that when I saw the lineup, I was like, finally, we've gone for the back four that we've been <laughs> wanting for for a little while. I've been one of those people. Uh, unfortunate, well, my, my first kind of thing was, it's a shame that, it's taken Partey to get injured to to go for this back four. But yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it didn't seem like we were at that kind of dominant level that we had been at uh, at the start of last season. And I was saying to Umar as well yesterday that it's that expectation that we have with how well we started last season and how well we played last season that it's like, well, we have to do that again this season. And we had that back four last season. So we're like, oh, okay, right. Why aren't we doing Why isn't this going as well as it did last time? But that's the Premier League. This is football. Not everything is exactly the same. Yes, we are now expected to do a little bit better. But still, it's, I mean, Arteta, I know that he's trying to kind of develop uh, Arsenal structure. I think that's kind of what the what his plan is at the moment with Partey being on the right and then kind of like coming into the middle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, it didn't seem like what we'd been seeing. Well, maybe what we've been seeing last season, but yeah, not too different to Partey at right back, Tommy Asu left back, etc. I mean, it was a bit weird as well with Zinchenko at left back because. I mean, continuously last season, you'd see him in left back come into the left kind of defensive midfield position. But he was actually going into the right-hand side every so often in the defensive midfield. It was a bit odd. And it was like, well, if Zinchenko's doing that, that's left a massive gap on that right-hand, on, on Man U's right-hand side. And I am going to come out and say it, but I think that Anthony was actually one of their more dangerous players yesterday because so of that. So frustrated. By a lack of service that game. Yeah. You know, he was getting yeah. so annoyed that they wouldn't pass him the ball. 
And yeah. you're right, he was one of their better players. Uh, yeah, and I think that is down to Zinchenko possibly being out of position or being too far away from his position anyway. And that might have been because that might have been because Arteta wanted him to fill the gap that Partey had been doing. Maybe Arteta wanted Declan Rice to be in that kind of more left-hand sided defensive midfielder role. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe it was a thing of them switching a bit of free roaming in the midfield. Not 100 percent sure, but even so. Yeah, it was a bit odd. Um, but I guess after seeing that yesterday, I wouldn't be too... I, I'm now not going to be as annoyed if we end up seeing Partey again at right back um, because it is of similar quality uh, uh, structure as what we had la uh, last night, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe Arteta's had it right the whole time. Maybe we just needed to see the, the difference or the similarity of... Of, of yesterday's performance compared to previous setups. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had I have been saying that I back Arteta, whatever he does, because he's done so well for us. And I, I, I do continue to say that, but that, that's not to say that I question what he does. And that, and that kind of formation was one of those things. But now that you said that, you pointed it out to me that, you know what, we the quality wasn't actually really any different and i completely agree with you yeah absolutely i don't think that it was um wildly different um from from those other games um that we've played i think that arsenal have deserved to win every single game that they've played so far this season and that thread continues the drop points against Fulham were frustrating and a lot of fans were pointing to the fact that we've not started as last season as well as we've started this season. The irony of that fact is, is if we win our next two games, we'll have more points after uh, six fixtures than we will have had last season after six fixtures because obviously we would have five wins and one uh, defeat, which was ironically at Old Trafford. And it's this season, if we win at Everton away, which is never easy for us, because it's always a game that we drop points in. So hopefully we can change that. And then if we win the North London derby at home, which is a game that typically we do have a very good record in at home, you know, then we've got more points than we did at the start of last season after the same number of games. So it is funny how things can twist and change and the perspective. And I don't think, you know, we've been amazing. You know, don't get me wrong. I think that even though we've deserved to win all the games that we've played, there's still so much more to come from this team. And that's what's exciting. Whereas at the start of last season, we were playing really, really well. We were blowing teams away. You know, we started the season about great performance against Crystal Palace. You know, we we're winning games comfortably. We went into that game against um, Manchester United and it was just like, we got that goal from Martinelli, I think it was, that was then ruled out wrongly. We then found out by VAR. And <laughs> that kind of, it didn't uh, derail the season by any means because obviously we came back and um, had some really good performances and we still ended up being top at Christmas. But, it is. I just find it really interesting that obviously we've had those defeats or we've dropped points this season and there's this massive hysteria after the Fulham game about what actually happened when in reality things went quite well. I'm just looking back last season in 2022, uh, finding the start of the season. Where is it? Here it is. So yeah, 2-0 against Palace, 4-2 against Leicester, 3-0 uh, at Bournemouth. Then we beat Fulham at home, ironically, in a game which I felt that actually... I think we played better in the 2-2 draw than we did in the 2-1 win, um, which is a really, I think, a fair point. And then we beat Aston Villa 2-1 at home in that game that you remember Douglas Luiz scored straight from the yeah. corner. But we won that game quite convincingly and it was just that random goal that meant that we only won by the single goal. We then went to Old Trafford and uh, and and lost, uh, but then responded to that with a very good win at Brentford. That We then beat Spurs. We then beat Liverpool at home. We won at Leeds in a game where we didn't really deserve to. And then we had that draw 
at Southampton, followed by a defeat at PSV in the Europa League, people remember famously as well. So it is very interesting that the, the start of the season has been different to last year. And I don't think we've been as good as we were this season as we were at the start of last season. Yet we could end up with more points after six games if, and it's a big if, we win those next two games against Everton and Spurs. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, how are you feeling? I didn't really talk about it, about Partey being absent for the next few weeks, we're told. Um, I think I think I'm okay about it because to be fair, when when we brought Declan Rice in, I was expecting it to almost be a straight swap for Declan Rice and Partey yeah. in that midfield area. That's what my that's what my thoughts were straight away. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not too miffed about it. I think it's just the fact that we know what Partey's like. We know how liable he is to injuries. And that was partially why I thought that it would be a straight swap and that Partey would almost be a backup. Uh, he can, because he's obviously, he's he's getting on now a little bit uh, in terms of football, in terms of the footballing world. So yeah, I, I, I just immediately thought that. But obviously seeing and speaking about the, the structure of Arsenal and, and stuff yeah. like that, they do complement each other every so often with Part, uh, Partey and Rice. So we will be missing that. But that's not to say that I'm really annoyed that he's going to be out. Uh, we're going to now have to play Jorginho constantly or Lukong. I know that Lukong has gone, he, he's gone out on loan, but even so, I think I, I, I'm yeah I'm not mad about it because we know how good Declan Rice has been for us and how how well he played yesterday as well. So yeah, I'm not too annoyed about it. I think it's just a shame for him because he was just, as I say, complimenting Declan Rice in that midfield when he'd invert from that right back position. I do think that he is still a very very good player. So we will be missing that and. If even if we were to play Declan Rice to start off with, and we had that opportunity for Partey to come in, we will be missing that now. So, yeah, there, there's maybe pros, but there's also obviously cons. The fact that he will be out for a little while, and the the slim chance that it could happen with Declan Rice being injured, uh, which obviously, as I say, slim chance uh, that doesn't happen often. Um, then we will have to go for Jorginho instead of, of Partey. But obviously that is in the, the three or however many weeks that he is going to be out. So, yeah, it's yeah. not too bad. The international break hitting us at the right time, perhaps, mm. um, you know, in terms of taking away a week's worth of games that we would have been without him. For me, I'd be really looking at replacing Partey next summer. Um it's just that it's not to say he's not a good player. He is. It's just we can't rely on someone with that level of input. You know, he's such a big player for us. He's such an important player for us that when you have those types of players, you need to be able to rely on them. Declan Rice's injury record is unbelievably clean, touch wood, so far. Uh, I know that part of it was too before he arrived at Arsenal, of course, as well. So for me, it's going to be about next summer. The focus for me next summer is always bringing, for me, a world-class forward in um, to the team and taking that level to another level. But I would like us to go out into the market and find another younger centre-mid um, slash six that can come in and, and do that role. If that's a Martin Zubamendi maybe in a year's time, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But I do think that we need um, to find the, the next player um, to, to take over from Partey because, yeah, I wouldn't, be a, a miss to a thirty million pound bid from a Saudi Arabian side for for Partey next summer and using that money to find his his heir. So yeah, let's wait and see what happens. But I think it is probably the right time next year. If it wasn't already, I know a lot of people felt that he should have been moved on this summer, but maybe it'll be next summer and we'll have to 
have a look and see what happens. Uh, this does leave us off with the international break now, as I mentioned. We won't have a game this weekend. You can be sure that we'll continue to give you content uh, up to throughout and after Eddie and Ketty are involved for England. Hopefully we get to see him get involved and Rice and Ramsdale and Saka also called up and to stay injury free. It's amazing seeing four Arsenal players in the England team. It's been a long time since Arsenal have had this many players. Can't say it's still got me hyped up for international football, but that's just me. I'm not the biggest fan in the world. So also, David Rea is with the Spanish sides uh, as well. Ben White didn't get called up, sadly. I don't think Gabriel Magalhaes. Did Gabriel Magalhaes get called up? I don't think so. I, th I think he actually might have. I, I think did he? If, I'm, if, I remember correctly, the, if I remember correctly, it was, or, or it had happened previously, that, um, was it the manager? It, it was someone around the Brazilian national team was saying that you can't not pick him after playing the most amount of minutes in one of the best teams in the world last season kind of thing. Mm, uh, maybe okay, he didn't get picked, but that's I could have sworn that that's what I've seen. Yeah, no, I've completely missed it. The only reason I say is because we checked with Gabriel Jesus yesterday if he was going to go, and he 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 wasn't. So um, yeah, it's I think I think he, obviously that means Gabriel's going to be there. Um, Tommy Asu will be with Japan, I assume. Uh, Zinchenko will be with Ukraine, I assume. Uh, Saliba is with France, I know. Um, who else have we got? Odegaard with Norway. Martinelli. I don't know if Martinelli. Do you know if Martinelli's been called up? Did you see that? You know, I think he actually might have. I think. Yeah, Gabriel Martinelli as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Jorginho, I assume, would be with the Italian sides as yes, well. He usually yeah. gets called up for that squad. Uh, Trossard for Belgium, I would assume, also has been called up. Um, so we've got quite a few players going away, but there are some that will be staying, of course, with the side uh, this season. Then we return for that trip to Goodison Park before then a home game in the Champions League against PSV Eindhoven, which, which is sandwiched between the Everton game and that very, very interesting North London derby. Um, are you worried about Spurs at the moment? You know, you've seen them do quite well recently. They have been doing quite well, but I'm still, I think before every North London derby, there it, I always expect a tough game. I always expect a, a, a quite a feisty game, to be fair. And... Maybe it'll be closer than we expect. Maybe it won't. Maybe we'll do as well as we did last season against them. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you think, oh, Conte, he's a good manager. He's done very well at previous clubs that he's been at. But then he goes to Tottenham and it's obviously not not the not the story. So I think, uh, fingers crossed, touch wood, that we will do as well as we did last season against them because that was fantastic at home. Um, so I'm, I am still confident. Um I'm not scared or, or completely worried about the fact that that uh, about how well they've been doing. I mean, West Ham have been doing really well as well. That's not to say that they're a bad team. I'm just saying that they're they're probably not as good of a team as well what we what we are or Man City are kind of thing. So yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely I'm not worried or anything like that. I am still quietly confident. Yeah, me too. Um, the record Arsenal have got at the home against Spurs is, is very, very good. So hopefully that can be maintained. The Everton one is... I'm actually more worried about the Everton game because yeah. it's just been a game where we've got so many poor results, sadly, um, there. So yeah, let's wait and see how that works. I think if Arsenal can get a win in that game, it would be a massive boost to kind of overcome that that banana skin that exists at Goodison Park. But yeah, let's let's see what they can do. Charlie, thank you for your time, mate, this morning, as always. Thank you for having me and thank you to everyone watching and listening once again.
Indeed. Thank you to everyone that's joined us live in the chat box and those on Facebook as well and on Catch Up. We're very close to hitting 93,000 subscribers. If you haven't subbed already, please make sure that you do. We'll be bringing you content throughout the week and over the course of the international break to keep you entertained. It's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. And uh, we'll be back, of course, for the game and all the coverage of the uh, lead up to the game against Everton as well. Exciting stuff. And Champions League action getting underway very soon. Less than two weeks. Uh, no, just over two weeks, sorry. Uh, until we get our Champions League campaign underway. See you soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.